The sky is dark. And upon the cross is Jesus the Christ. He has just cried out to his Father, Why have you forsaken me? And is met with a response of silence. Disturbing silence that preaches to our hearts. And as we come to this fifth word from the cross, we see Jesus again cries out to the Father when he says these words I am thirsty. How tragic it is that the Son of God the one who was in the beginning beside the Father at the creation of everything, nailed to a cross, condemned as a criminal, having come down from heaven, the holy seat with God, longs for just a drop of water on his tongue. I thirst. Christ is fully God. He is fully man. And all throughout the scriptures we see this humanity coming out as he was born as a little child, wrapped in swaddling clothing. We see that he grows up, that he has these moments of confusion with his parents as every kid does. We see a Christ who laughs. We see a Christ who who goofs around with his disciples. We see a Jesus who grows in maturity. A Jesus who teaches in the temple. A Jesus who goes through puberty. A Jesus grows into a man who experiences hunger. Who experiences temptation. We see a Jesus who experiences pain. And now, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, simply longs for his thirst. Longs for a drink. And in this moment, we see a demonstration of Jesus' humanity upon this cross. We see the sinless father, the sinless son, nailed there. We thirst now because we are human. And each one of us will experience thirst in this lifetime. And Jesus on that cross demonstrates his humanity because in this moment, Jesus demonstrates a very human-like thirst. Think of his suffering. Think of all that he experienced the night before. The rejection. His friends abandoning him. Those he loved denying him. The beatings. The trial. All this time Our Savior goes without a drop to drink. 
parched, hanging on the cross, fluid pouring from his body. In this moment, fully God, fully man, Jesus Christ hangs there. As it says in Hebrews 2.17, he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. When Jesus cries out because he is thirsty, he demonstrates to us that he suffers. The Bible says in John 19.29 that a jar of wine vinegar was there and so they soaked a sponge and they put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. Well, this was the second time that Jesus had been offered a drink. You see, it was a common practice among the soldiers that when one was going to be crucified, they would offer a drink of wine to numb the senses, to help prolong the execution. Whether it was because of what Jesus said at the Last Supper when he said, I will not drink again of this wine until I drink it again with you with the Father. Or whether it was because he knew that he had to take upon himself the affirmities of you and of me, and he didn't want to in that moment numb any of his senses. He wanted to fully experience the consequence of sin. Jesus rejects the drink. And now, for a second time, he says, I am thirsty. For the first time, he says, I am thirsty. And for the second time, a drink is offered to him. And they press hyssop, soaked in vinegar, upon his lips. There's a significance about the hyssop plant. It is most significant that the wine is given to Jesus by the means of the hyssop stalk, because you see... The hyssop was used in the Passover ceremony. The Israelites were to take the stalk of hyssop, dip it into the blood of the Passover lamb, and they were to smear it onto the door frames of their house. A jar of vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge, and they put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. That hyssop is a reminder of the Passover lamb sacrificed in the place of Israel's firstborn. That hyssop is a sign that the Passover lamb has been slain, and his name is Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. We see in that moment when Jesus cries out, I am thirsty, we see a reverence for the Holy Scriptures. We see a reverence for the fulfilling of prophecies because when Jesus cries out these words, he's fulfilling a prophecy that was given to us from the book of Psalms 69, 21. And it says this, that they will put gall in my food and give me vinegar for my thirst. Psalm 69 is a psalm that tells the story of the cross. And when Christ utters these words, this prophecy is completed. I find it so remarkable that in this moment, with everything going on, with all of the the faces of you and I on Jesus' heart and mine, that the words of Scripture so abundantly are with him. He thinks of the prophecies that must be fulfilled. And by crying out for thirst, yet another one of the prophecies fulfilled by our thirsty Savior. 
When we look at the cross and Jesus screams out, I am thirsty, we see that Jesus has sympathy with those who are suffering as well. He says, I am thirsty. The problem of suffering has always been a perplexing one. Why should there be suffering in a world that is governed by a perfect, loving God? A God who not only has the power to prevent evil, but who is love. Why should there be pain? Why should there be cancer? Why should there be death? When we look at our world, we rightly recognize that too often the world is nothing more than a veil of tears. The cross shows us, however, that God is not ignorant of our sorrows. For in this person of his Son himself, he took up our affirmities and carries our sorrows, according to Isaiah 53. And the cross shows us that God himself suffers. The book of Hebrews touches on the value of this when it says in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Is your body racked with pain? So was his. Are you misunderstood, misjudged, misrepresented? So was he. Have those who are nearest and dearest to you turned away from you? They did from him as well. Are you right now in darkness, separate from the Father? Because in this moment on the cross, so was he. Hebrews 2.17 says, For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. You see, on that cross, when Jesus says those words, I thirst, he reveals to us the universal need of mankind. When we compare this with the text found in Matthew 27, we see this fifth word from the cross is spoken by our Lord right after the three hours of darkness. And during those three hours, God has been silent from Jesus. And during those three hours, Jesus had to bear on his own the weight of the whole world's sin. The disciples had fled. Jesus' family and friends kept quiet. And a jubilant crowd had turned against him. And even God remained still. I am thirsty. After three hours of darkness and forsakenness, Jesus crying here for God, Jesus has in mind those beautiful words that were inspired by the psalmist. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Jesus has been without God for what seems like an eternity. No wonder he cries out for God. No wonder our Savior says, I am thirsty. I am thirsty, he says. This thirst expresses that brokenness that each and every one of us as human beings experience when we try to fill our lives with stuff 
and things that will not quench a thirst that only God himself can quench. We desire possession. We desire money. And Jesus tells us in John 4, 13, that everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. And so as we live our lives, are we pursuing the thirst-quenching waters of Christ? Are we pursuing the things made by man? When Jesus says, I am thirsty, it demonstrates to us in that universal need of a Savior that there is a spiritual need that we have as well, and these earthly things cannot sustain. Unknown to natural man what he desires, like Jesus, it is actually God. In that moment, it is not a drop of water that Jesus desires. It is presence of the Father. God made us, and he alone can only satisfy our thirst. Jesus says in John 4.14, Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Christ alone can quench our thirst. He alone can meet the deepest need of our heart, our soul, and our person. Church, come to Jesus. Do not reject him. For if you die in your sins, your eternal cry will be the moan of the damned. I am thirsty. In the lake of fire, the lost suffer the flames of God's wrath forever and ever with none to quench their thirst. If Christ cried, I am thirsty, after he had suffered the wrath of God for three hours, what is the state of those who have to endure it for all eternity? When millions of years have gone by, ten million more lie ahead. There is an everlasting thirst in hell, this I promise you. It has no relief. Remember the awful words of the rich man in hell in Luke 16 when he says, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in the fire. Again I say, come to Jesus and drink of him who is the living water. For only in Him can you satisfy your thirst. I am thirsty, said the Lord as He hung on the cross for our sins. I am thirsty, says the natural man as he looks for meaning and purpose in his life. And I was thirsty, says the Christian who has come to Jesus and found in Him the well of living water. Amen. Would you kneel with me now as we pray? O Lord Jesus Christ, who even though you wonderfully fashioned all things, stooped to take upon yourself human form, and being found in human form, endured the cross, despising its shame. We love you for every parched and painful moments spent on our behalf that we might drink of the water of life freely and live. And even as your strength was dried up like a a potshed and your tongue cleaved to the jaws of your mouth, it was that spring of living water might well up within us unto eternal life. With grateful hearts we praise you this day. Amen. Amen.